The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Was... Kanye actually is a classic comic book superhero villain. <laughs> so the onset of his insanity, you know where it really, really began prior to this? Uh, I think his mom. The died. death of his mom. Yeah, yeah. Like every fucking comic book superhero or villain, yeah. there is that one tragic moment that they have where that turns them evil or turns them good. Yeah. The death of his mom turned him this way. Right, right. So in five, four, three two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. I'm not sure if Halloween is going to pass here soon or if it's already, most likely it's going to pass if I put this out on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Did you, when you went to church, did you guys used to have Hallelujah Nights? (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah Nights? Fuck yeah, dude. Dude. Let me tell you something, man. That's like the corniest thing that every Korean church did. Yeah. We never do a Halloween. We are praise a Jesus because that's a table work. It's a <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> night. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah night. Uh, we, we used to do that for sure. Like do the trick-or-treating uh, without the devil. Right. <laughs> but then like we got this really like liberal theology leaning pastor come in. Right. And he was mm-hmm. like, hey, like our, our really big church was in the middle of the ghetto in Tacoma. You yeah. Know? So he's like, we need to open these doors, invite the neighborhood to the church on these hallelujah nights. Or they mean nothing. They're just for us, right? So they went out to the neighborhood, put out flyers, asked them to come, play games. We'll have all this carnival shit and whatever. Like, I mean, obviously the brochure didn't say shit. 
But <laughs> but yeah, like all the neighborhood people showed up, right? <laughs> this little kid showed up in a devil costume. <laughs> <laughs> Sup, motherfuckers? <laughs> what y'all know about this? It's the devil, bitch. Oh my god, that's yeah. hella funny, dude. That's the only way we could get candy that night because it'd be like Halloween. You go to church, turn off the lights, don't answer the door when people ring, and we don't have any candy. Put up a sign that says no candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had to be that family, dude. Dude, uh, we were that family too because yeah. we weren't there on Halloween. We were at the church. Yeah. We would do, I don't know if this is a proper, when I think about it now, what a weird way to say this. They go, oh, on Halloween night, we're going to do a lockdown. And I'm like, first of all, <laughs> how would you call it that? But they would call it a lockdown. No, lock in. Would it lock in? Yeah, lock okay. in. That's like, you call it a lockdown. I was like, that's, that's different. No. <laughs> Lock it. Lock it. Okay. My memory's all fucked up. Thank God you're here. I've been telling yeah. people this story. It's completely wrong. It was a lock-in. Yeah, lock-in. I thought it was a lockdown, but it was a lock-in. The lockdown from the terror. <laughs> so if you guys have never attended a Korean church, and I'm not sure if they do this at non-Korean churches as well, but instead of doing Halloween, right? Because I don't know what the the history of Halloween is, but it had to do yeah. with like witches and shit, right? Yeah, it was like... Um, when they were like killing all those rich, the the witch trials, all that mm -mm. shit, like accusing one another of being witches and shit. Like, I guess one of the stories is, um, I mean, the folklore around the towns would be like, yeah, if um, you don't give me a treat, get a treat, like a witch will kill you or some shit like that. I have no clue, but it's one of those fucked it's, up it's, shit. So it started with like witchcraft. And yeah, so like 200 years ago or some <laughs> shit. Yeah. I used to find it so funny back in the day when I remember like in history class, they said that they used to have these really weird and archaic ways to see if you could find out if this person was a witch or not. And they would be like, <laughs> okay, this is what's going to happen. We're going to fucking burn you alive. Yeah. <laughs> and if you live, you're a witch. You're a witch. <laughs> And if you die, then you're you're innocent. <laughs> like, like what? He's so fucked up. They had another one where they go, okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna put rocks around your ankles. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna throw you in a lake. And if you float to the top, yeah. clearly you're a witch. If you if you drown, yeah. you're innocent. Like, oh my god. This person, whoever made up these rules, is so fucked up, dude. This is like the time when like towns were just so isolated. Like people had to rule themselves. There was not no real form of governance. Yeah. It was just like the original colonies. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have shit. That's some fucked up yeah. shit, dude. You think cancel culture is bad? Take the same Salem witch yeah. trials, dude. Witch trials, dude. We ain't even in that. Can you imagine Twitter during the Salem witch trials? Like, this bitch Britney is a witch. Yeah. <laughs> dude, friggin'. We used to have these hallelujah nights where, like I just explained it again, uh, instead of going out into the neighborhood and trick-or-treating and celebrating Halloween, which is, you know, connection to the devil, um, a lot of Korean churches would do these hallelujah nights where we would have these games and they would set it up like a carnival. Yeah. So we would have different, like, it was a really great bonding experience, right? We did mm -hmm. a lot of fun shit. And to be honest with you, the candy was probably better here yeah. than you would get anywhere <laughs> else. It was like legit shit. We would walk away yeah. with bags of fucking King size. A hundred percent. And so we would do all these games. We would do prayers. And that night we would have a lock-in where we would just sleep. But nobody would really sleep. Yeah. We would just, you know. Eat ramen and just fuck around. Yep. Yeah. All night. I remember, uh, so in one of these lock-ins, this one hallelujah night, I don't know why the fuck I did this shit. But 
You know, like when girls play fight, right? Sometimes when girls play fight, they assume that just because you're a guy, you don't feel pain. <laughs> you're like, you just don't feel pain. You yeah. just nut check dudes, hit them as hard as you want. It's okay. He's a fucking yeah. guy. So this girl had the bright idea that she would take a wet towel and fucking whip me. Oh, dude. So she whipped the shit out of me. Did it break skin? Uh, it hurt. So, <laughs> And not only did she do it once, she did it multiple times. And listen, I don't give a fuck how cute you are. Right. Number one, she's older than me. So I didn't find her attractive anyways. Yeah. I just thought this girl was trying to bully me. And I was like, let me tell you something. I'm going to fuck this, this girl up. This Luna is fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah. So with, with this girl, I remember I went, into the, I went into the boys' bathroom. I got this towel. And then I soaked that shit up like it was like 100 pounds. Yeah. And I looked at her and she was like, you're not going to hit me. I'm like, you literally just been beating the shit out of me for the past hour. I was like, if you whip me one more time, I'm going to whip you back. So she whips me and then she looks at me and she tries to run for it. I whip her so fucking hard. You just hear a pop on her ass and ah. she falls to the floor <laughs> and she starts crying. <laughs> and then at that moment, I didn't feel bad. <laughs> I remember I felt vindicated. Yeah. I was like, that's what you get, bitch. Equal the, rights. Damn. <laughs> she, like, she, she whipped me so hard. I had yeah. bruises all over my legs. That's well, how bad she was whipping me. You know, like you're the, like in, you know, like Korean culture, like yeah. the younger ones always get bullied and punked all the time. Yeah. And I just had it. I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. And I whipped her so fucking bad. And this is like the type of shit that would happen at the church. This girl. Oh, just to preface this, I was also in elementary school. Yeah, yeah. 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 This yeah, is this not me is, as an adult. This yeah. is me as a- Hallelujah Nights for Kids. Yeah, this is like <laughs> me. I think it was like in fifth grade. Yeah. 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 So um, in sixth grade, I don't know what the fuck this girl was doing. She was screaming at everyone to shut up because for a time, like in, it's, it's Washington, right? So like it rains a lot. And sometimes to prevent kids from having like dirty, muddy, wet shoes, bringing it back into the school, they would just have indoor recess, you know? And then so it just gets fucking loud with kids in the classroom free to do whatever they want for an hour. And when it got really loud, this girl started screaming like, shut up! everyone shut up and then she started flipping the light switch up and down like clicking up and down and then for whatever reason i was just so annoyed i had it i was just so annoyed with her i put my hand on the light i was like stop it right now and then she said don't spit on me and <laughs> she's one of those and oh. spit on me did every kid fucking do that or i know what? everybody did that Why right it's like a universal thing and they would spit on you. Yeah. yeah. And then I did the same thing. <laughs> I said, I did it. Spit on you. And I- You should have done the Korean thing where you have pop in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and it just rice starts flying out of her face. <laughs> but as soon as I said that, I turned around and walked away. Right, And then I heard a- <laughs> Pow, right in the back of my neck. No fucking way. And I had to feel it. I had to feel it. And it was- Fucking straight up loogie with the boogers and shit. And I was, what in the trailer trash is happening right now? So I had took that loogie hand and I slapped her across the face. That's some fucking French yeah. ass and shit. And then it was right then and there. I don't remember, but it was split up right there. Right. And then we were sent straight to the principal. And then she and I had detention for a day. And it was just like, yeah, the principal fucking went in on me for hitting a girl. <laughs> like, that's so interesting like 
you know, these like weird rules when we were kids. Because I feel like when you're a kid, <clears throat> your strength is equal. <laughs> yeah, actually, right? girls get bigger than guys in elementary yeah, school. Yeah, but you remember that though, yeah. right? Like these girls were fucking huge. Like, okay, I remember this one girl. I'm gonna say her name just because every every kid in elementary school had this girl in in school. It was the girl that was abnormally stronger than all the boys. Yeah, this girl was stick skinny as fuck, and she used to play bloody knuckles with guys, and she would fuck everybody up. There's like always those girls. Yeah, in like. Later stages of elementary and then into middle school where Dude. they just challenge boys because they are bigger than yeah. them. <laughs> this girl, stick skinny as hell. She had knockers in her hair all the time. Fucked up teeth. This girl's name was Jules, right? <laughs> so Jules would fuck <laughs> everybody up. And she always wanted to play Bloody Knuckles. Always. Because her shit was jagged as hell. So Jules would go around just beating the shit out of everybody. How unfair is it? That I can't defend myself from this yeah. menace. Yeah. And she had the she had the craziest fucked up teeth. But she would beat me up all the time. It wasn't just me, it was every dude. Yeah. Dude. Which is so weird. Yeah, man. Those there's like always those girls though, those girl bullies in in, in those stages of adolescence, like girls who just fucking dominate you. And it's and you're a boy and you feel like a fucking bitch because this girl is like fucking like dominating you a hundred percent we've all had those dude like I, I remember like in hallelujah night there was a this one time a, you know i think as a boy you do a lot of fucked up shit there was another girl named and she asked me to go to the bathroom with her and just wait outside because she was scared because yeah. people were telling scary stories and you know when you're younger you have a crazy imagination and me as a boy, I was like, you shouldn't have asked me. I'm mischievous. Mm -hmm. So she goes in the bathroom and then she goes, okay, I'm going to turn on the faucet because I don't want you to hear, hear me pee. So she turns on the, the sink and then she goes to the bathroom. Guess what I do? <laughs> Click. Flip I turn off the light switch. <laughs> of course you did. And oh, all man. You hear is, She's screaming at the top of her God. lungs and I flip it back on. I'm like, what happened? She goes, the light turned off. I was like, oh no. shit, my bad. And then she goes, okay. I goes, are you okay? She goes, oh my God, I was so scared. And then <laughs> she just flipped flip it off again and I just left. <laughs> she hate, dude, this is a crazy story about that girl too. And I might've been the onslaught to her insanity because so later on, she started dating this other guy at church and dude, every church has crazy stories. And there's always like a crazy person. So she was madly in love with this other guy at a different church, right? And mm -hmm. while they were going out, first of all, I never liked this guy. I thought he was a fucking asshole. But either way, when they broke up, she had such a bad breakup with him and she was so madly in love, she didn't want to let him go. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know that when you broke up with somebody, you have a choice just to be like, no. That was what I learned. I, apparently there's a choice. I disagree. Yeah, so they broke up and she was just like, no, just, no. no, we're not broken up. But in his mind, they were broken up. Yeah. So I guess long story short, from what I remember, from what I'm re recollecting, you know, they were broken up for a couple of weeks, but he was, you know, on his way to flirting with other girls or whatnot. And she found out, but they're broken up. Yeah. He can do whatever he wants, yeah. but not in her mind. <laughs> they're still together. <laughs> so this fool comes to our church because uh, he was he was bouncing back from our, our church to his other church because obviously he was dating this girl. <laughs> this fool comes up one day and he has slashes all over him. What? So like, like his face has all these like deep scratches. I'm like, Yo, what the fuck happened? And so somebody at the church told me that she broke into his house late at night 
to fuck him up. And she was trying to scratch his face off. Oh my God. And so he had chunks of just like skin missing from his face from her taking her nails and digging it into his face. What the fuck? She broke into his she house? She broke into his house, waited for him in the dark in his room for him to come back. So I don't know how long she was there. Dude, she could have been there for like six hours. I would have serious PTSD. Dude, she like, fucked this guy yeah. up. And nobody really felt bad for him because he was kind of an asshole. But at the same time, like that's pretty fucking nuts. Yeah. And in that scenario, are you not allowed to like Spartan kick her in the stomach? Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Dude, that you shit was crazy. You defend yourself. At that sure. point. Yeah. Even I, I mean, I told you that story about that time my ex like fucking punched me in the face. Oh, yeah. I didn't hit her back. I knew it would have been so bad. Like, there's no fucking way I could. The only reason, I guess, if I would say this, and, you know, please don't clip this and turn me into a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> like, if my life was in danger, if it's like a girl swinging at me because she's angry, yeah. I don't care, right? Yeah. If she's like, I'm, I'm not, I mean, she's not an MMA fighter, right? <laughs> it's not like she's fucking like Amanda Nunes, yeah. you know, trying to knock my head off. But if she's swinging at me, shoving me or whatever, I'm not going to hit her. Because my life's not in danger. Yeah. If she's trying to come at me with intent to like seriously hurt me, then I might have to, you know, you know, shove her in front of a car. <laughs> you know what I'm like, uh, let's do something. Yeah. Right. And I think a she's lot of people a are a lot of people are seeing that online right now, where I think a lot of guys are getting a little fed up of like the narrative of a, a girl can just hit a guy whenever they want. Yeah. And I still don't believe a guy should hit a girl, right? Just because there is a power and strength discrepancy. Yeah. But if a girl's coming at you with a bat, a weapon trying to seriously kill you, then you should probably be able to defend yourself. You should be able to defend yourself. And then there's that, there's just that silver lining of like KO or I don't know, like choke yeah. her out. Like, or I like, mean, we've definitely seen it before so online. How do you subdue them, right? Yeah. yeah. And we've seen it online too, where, you know, a girl's like swinging at a dude and a guy just knocks her out. I think a lot of people online go, you know, stupid, stupid games win stupid prizes, which I 100% agree. But in all honesty, I mean, you could have shoved her. Yeah like held her down yeah. or something. I don't think the full-on blown knockout was necessary. Yeah. Right? Just because there is the strength discrepancy. I don't think I would do that. But like if the girl is coming at me with a knife, oh, something's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's also like just the reason why a lot of girls do that is just they really believe, it. oh, they're not going to do nothing. They're not going to do nothing. Mm. Like you don't know when anyone could snap. I wonder how a lot of girls feel about that. Because when I see it on Twitter, um, a lot of girls don't side with the with the girl. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they don't ever side with the girl, which I thought it was going to be the opposite. Mm -hmm. But a lot of women on Twitter, when I read, they're like, why the fuck would you swing at a full grown man expecting him not to do something? But the exact same time, it's really hard to say, well, what did she do? Yeah. <laughs> what did she say? Right. That's like, yeah. But then that's like, that's because everyone's trying to get context. Yeah. yeah Once yeah. everybody gets context. You know, like even the fucking, this is such old shit. Like the Ray Rice thing. Everyone saw the fucking video. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, you could have just stuck, like stiff armed her. Mm -hmm. At the, like, no matter what was going on, like you're a fucking professional NFL running back. Dude, the internet has made a lot of things change. Yeah. Um, specifically when it comes to opinions about this type of stuff. Because I remember where when you, like, we were just talking about growing up. It was like, no matter what, under any circumstance, do you ever, you never lay your hand on a woman which is what we grew up with and is what I still agree with, mm -hmm. right? But now you're seeing kids being like, well, if you put your hands on me, I'm just going to knock you out. And that's just wild to me. That's, yeah. that's just fucking wild. Yeah. Like that's becoming the accepted norm. Yeah, I think they're getting it from like 
Andrew Tate. <laughs> Andrew, yeah, no, nah, nah, yeah, yeah, these fucking backdoor internet corners, you know? Yeah. They're like, they're watching that kind of shit. They're into that shit or something. I don't know. Or they're, they're being influenced by it because it's like a different way of thought because our society has overcome the days of Sean Connery just slapping women if they talk oh, dude, back, you know? That interview. Yeah. It, did you see the interview between uh, Pierce Morgan and um, Andrew Tate? No. But no, Pierce Morgan, I, I don't fucking like Pierce Morgan either. Yeah. No, I'm like, I try not to click on Andrew Tate stuff. Because all your stuff pops all up. Your, all your, the whole algorithm just wants you to watch more. more so essentially what that whole Pierce Morgan, Andrew Tate thing, what happened was, you know, Pierce Morgan's trying to do his little gotcha journalism thing. Yeah. You know, he has a habit of constantly interrupting people as they talk, trying to get his point across. And he just did a terrible job, right? And basically Andrew Tate dismantled this motherfucker. Yeah. Right? Which... The, the interesting thing is, it's like, this is what the internet does. Like, they'll see, the, the biggest argument for Andrew Tate is that they'll find a clip where Andrew Tate says something that they agree with that's, you know, fairly yeah. intelligent. Yeah. And they sum up his whole personality with those few clips. Right. And so Andrew Tate, throughout this whole interview, Pierce Morgan is bringing, bringing up things where he says, this is what you said. And he goes, no, this is what I meant. The problem with that is that you're allowing Andrew Tate to, to create his own narrative. Mm. He could create the narrative of, you didn't listen to the clip right. This is what I was actually saying. But that's all that's all conjecture that happened afterwards. After he's already laid his influence and after people right. already interpreted it the way that he said he didn't mean to say it. Yeah. So it's it's basically him backpedaling mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. But Pierce Morgan didn't say that. You know, he was not prepared. So Andrew Tate can control the narrative and say, like, well, this is what I actually mean by it. So when I said that women are all sluts and dirtbags. <laughs> and they don't deserve, uh, you know, I'm, by the way, this is not what he actually said. I'm just saying, I'm just kind of giving you paraphrasing, paraphrasing right? It's like women have no value if they sleep, if they sleep with men because, and then he'll say it as like, no, what I actually said was that if a woman wants to treat her body that way, that's her choice. And I completely agree with it. Like I have a way to treat my body, but if you want to do it that way, then there are consequences for that. That's not what you said though. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what you said. You said women have zero value if they sleep with men and they're sluts. Yeah. But then he could change the narrative. And so people will take clips out of that Pierce Morgan interview because Pierce Morgan did such a bad job. And they go, yeah. you know what? See, Andrew Tate's not a bad guy. It's, it's the problem with giving people a platform. Yeah. Right. Right. And uh, speaking of people on a platform. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Why don't, why don't you explain? Because I didn't dig too okay. much into it. So Kanye West is under a lot of scrutiny, Right. And I think what I want to talk about on this podcast for a lot of people, especially if they're younger viewers and who didn't grow up on his music or were, they weren't there for the for the onset of Kanye's career, yeah. right? So Kanye to me became really popular probably when I was like a, in junior high or a freshman in high school, yeah. right? Or that's when I heard of him. He was already building a name for himself. He was a, a rapper producer. He wanted to be a producer. He was already producing beats for Jay-Z and Rockefeller or whatever, whatnot, but he wanted to be a rapper. Yeah. And then if you watched in his interview on Netflix, you see a lot of these well-renowned rappers like Pharrell, Jay-Z, a bunch of people talking about he is the next one. This guy is literally a genius. Yeah. Which in his own right, when you look at his career in terms of what he's done with music, fashion, and everything else, I'm going to give him credit where credit's due. Yeah. He has a huge influence. The influencer's influencer. Exactly. There is yeah. not a single person out there. And even now, there's a lot of people backpedaling. They go, I never liked the way Yeezys look. That's funny. Because <laughs> you have six pairs of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You had to get it for your <clears throat> clout. 
You cannot like him for what he's doing now, but you can't erase what he's done in the past, yeah. right? By the way, this is not me defending him. I'm just giving him, I'm just giving everybody context to who Kanye West was before the person that you see now. Yeah, we'll get to that part. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of people are kind of only seeing his last two years. Yeah. And they're not really understanding where he is, right? So why people loved him so much. I have a very, huge soft spot for Kanye. Like when you talk about his <clears throat> earlier albums that went mainstream, I can recite almost every single fucking lyric. Yeah. That's how influential he was. So Kanye, if you guys want to know, he was kind of the guy that put rap in a different genre, mm-hmm. right? Because at the time when he was rapping about his shit, rap was about what? I mean, no, it wasn't everybody, right? Because we did have those like those radio hits, but if you were a rapper, you were a gangster. Yeah, a lot of it in the 90s yeah. and early 2000s was gangster rap. Yeah, and Kanye West, and among other rappers as well, they were doing this as well too, but Kanye really did it really well where he made it, the, the preppy look very popular, where yeah. he even started changing fashion before he had his fashion line, where he had the double collared t- uh, the shirts. You remember when people were doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they had the, uh, the Ralph Lauren polos, Ralph Lauren originally was what? For what? People who golfed, yeah. rich white people, you know, yuppie-ass college kids. Sweater vests. The sweater vest. Yeah. What did Kanye do? Kanye brought that shit into hip-hop, saying, like, this is what we're going to wear. Yeah. Along with Pharrell and everybody else. Mm-hmm. So when you see how much influence he had, even before he had the Yeezy line and everything else he's done with his own clothing line, what he's done with Gap, uh, Balenciaga, whoever the fuck that it is, right? Nike, Adidas. He was already doing that then. He was somebody who had a lot of foresight. Yeah. He was the one that... uh basically went away with all the extra large baggy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because those yeah. t-shirts used to be down to the knees. Yeah. Those, those I remember in high school. Huge there, and baggy, yeah. I remember in high school, there was one dude that was literally copying Kanye Stees and you could see him always with polo shirts. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this is how big an influence he had, right? And he was rapping about a lot of things that other rappers weren't rapping about, right? Yeah. Jesus Walks. Right. About Christianity. That's what the, that's the first time I actually heard of him because- I wasn't obviously into like a lot of underground like hip hop stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I had heard of him. I was listening to the song on the radio. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because we were deep <clears> in the church then. We were like, what? Yeah, on yeah, the yeah, radio? Yeah. <laughs> like, and he did a Christian song that yeah. was mainstream hip hop. And it was a fucking hit. Every album that he put out was different from his last. Yeah. Right? Whether people liked it at first, didn't like it. He always reinvented himself constantly. That's why you never see this guy disappear off of pop culture. He never got stuck doing the same thing over and over once. Like he continually reinvented himself over and over again. Yeah. Every album was a hit. Every album was a smash. Whatever he touched was gold. He had the Midas touch. So next thing up, you see uh, the beginning of his insanity. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> if you guys ever thought that Kanye was going to be somebody different than who he is now, did you all forget what happened during Hurricane Katrina? <laughs> Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Myers. They're talking about millions of people dying from this disaster. Homes drowning. People losing everything that they love and own. It was like a celebrity fundraiser. Like, it was like the PBS Telethon. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Telethon. Mike <laughs> Myers is right there. This shit is still funny to this day. I can't believe how long ago it was because you watch it and it's in standard def. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was so long ago. Yeah, that was 2005. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, <laughs> out of Gina. nowhere, zero context, pause. Bush hates black people. Yeah. Cut Chris Rock. Yeah. Uh, uh. 
Uh, no, I remember it was a uh, Chris Tucker. Oh, it was a Chris Tucker because he has those eyes that were he's like a deer in headlights. <laughs> like, like, Dude, that shit was like, what the fuck? And this is really where you got to see who Kanye is. Yeah, Kanye never gave a fuck about what anybody did. He was literally in his own lane. Yeah, he was almost prophetic in how where he was going to be. Everything he said that he was going to do, he did. Right. Yeah. Um, this to me, and, and I was really thinking about this. And I was thinking really deep. Was where where did the the true demise of like Kanye start? And this is my theory, and I was kind of blown away when I thought about this. Was Kanye actually is a classic comic book superhero villain? <laughs> so the onset of his insanity, you know, where it really really began prior to this. Uh, I think his mom, the died. death of his mom. Yeah, yeah. Like every fucking comic book superhero or villain, yeah. there is that one tragic moment that they have where that turns them evil or turns them good. Yeah. The death of his mom turned him this way. Right. Right. So after his mom died, right? So if you guys don't know how his mom, his mom is named Donda, which named after his album, also named after his university and everything else, mm-hmm. um, his his uh, sports entertainment company. His mother dies from a botched plastic surgery operation. Yeah. Um, and after his mom died, he has said repeatedly over and over that he is to blame for his mom's death multiple times. If I had never chased my dreams in LA and I stayed in Chicago where I went to New York, my mother would have never died because the culture of LA is kind of what fucked with his mom's head is what he feels, Mm. right? Mm. So she feels that she wasn't beautiful enough. And this is the stuff that every vapid human being or you know just people in la will always feel like this because that's the level of comparison that you're dealing with consistently in la yeah. and his mom in his mind fell victim to that yeah you know there was uh i forget where it was but he was in the middle of an interview was it tmz or something and he was like ranting about that like hollywood like la culture he was like i got liposuction and it was just like a two and on one like interview mm-hmm. But then you can see the bullpen of all the staff working. And he got up off his chair, turned around, like, everybody, everybody in here. It was TMZ. Yeah. And he was like, I, I got liposuction for you. That's like how he sees it. And you could see that he has this resentment for that culture, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. listen, to a certain degree, I 100% agree with him there. This city does crazy things to people. You are constantly, when you're in, especially when you're in the limelight, you are constantly under everybody's scrutiny. Now, a lot of people can say, like, this is what you signed up for. Not really. Yeah. Like, certain people did. Like, they want attention so bad, they'll do absolutely anything to get it. And this is what they signed up for. Some people are just artists and they want to create. And that's the thing that made them great and made them, uh, that put them in the spotlight, right? But in entertainment, you don't get to choose what you get to have. So, <clears throat> after his mother died, um, in all these concerts, he was crying profusely about his mom. He Every time he tried to do the song, Hey Mama, he would always bawl. Yeah. And even till this day, he still blames himself uh, for his mother's death. And he still talks about it in interviews. Every time he did a concert, he would cry every time that song came on because he really does blame himself. This is the classic comic book supervillain. Yeah. And so what you're seeing now, <clears throat> from what, I, what I'm theorizing is that he is trying to, in the most toxic, most painful way, like every supervillain, who has actually good intentions because of something bad that happened in their life, he is trying to change the world that he sees right now as absolutely deplorable into something that his, a world that that would have kept his mother alive. This is his, this is his motive. 
like uh, a bit of righteousness. Yes, this yeah. is literally rooted in his righteousness to create a world that would that could have been done and it would have kept his mom alive. If his mom didn't have to feel like she wasn't beautiful enough, if he didn't take her, take her to LA, this idea of like commercialism and everything else, everything he's doing right now is is for his mom, for his for his deceased mom, and the mistakes that he made that he could have fixed that could have kept her alive is how he feels. I'm assuming that um, it probably would have been his mom's wish for him to be such a strong man of God. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah, it sounds like it because everything. I mean, look, we're we're kind of seeing manic episodes. Pretty much. I mean, he's happened. he's clinically bipolar. Yeah, yeah, and and like which comes with uh, what is it? Delusions of grandeur, which is why he sees himself as, if not God, a demigod at least, something yeah. way more special. Yeah, and the rest of us ants. Yeah, you know that's like literally how he talks of himself. And then you know, just to go further into the timeline, then then now we go into the current timeline that people really start to remember him for, especially like Gen Z kids who didn't really grow up on him. They see Kanye West as the Trump father, the MAGA. Yeah, yeah. right. Because he was doing the whole uh, what was this? Uh, MAGA hat. MAGA hat. Damn, yeah. I already forgot it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like the one thing that… Yeah, <laughs> even though I just said it. It was it was a make uh, make America great again. So yeah. he was putting on this whole thing. And, you know, everybody had this theory to why he was doing it. It's because he wants to get close to Trump. So because if he gets close to Trump, um, he could enact really good changes within his community. Mm-hmm. So, which I think was a really good theory, yeah. right? And you could see it in the way that he was doing things. Um, then he obviously he puts himself back into the heat again because he starts saying things recently that uh, talking about uh, George Floyd's death. Mm-hmm. And he basically said George Floyd didn't die from suffocation. He died because he was high off of fentanyl. Stemming from uh, the Candace Owens documentary. And then obviously he goes to, with Candace Owen and they they wear the, the antithesis of Black Lives Matter, which is White Lives Matter. Yeah. Which White Lives Matter, if you guys don't know, was is rooted in shutting down what Black Lives Matter was. There's a whole thing about Black Lives Matter, which I don't really agree. I didn't know that Black Lives Matter too was an actual organization. I, yeah, I, I no. thought it was just a movement. There's like, yeah, real leaders and shit. And yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of controversy well, with I mean, the that's what it was though. BLM movement, from what I thought, was just a grassroots people on the street through the internet. That's what they called it. It was yeah. just what the people said, you know. But I guess it turns out either it became either, a business. It, yeah, it 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 was either birth out of a genius or it somebody totally took advantage of a trademark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, you know, if you watch the Candace Owen documentary which I did, this is one thing that I would have to do my own research on, but if this stuff is true, that that there's two separate things, right? There's the Black Lives Matter movement and then there's this organization. organization. I had no idea about the organization. Like I knew there was like non like profit charity stuff, I didn't realize that they were taking millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Because if that was the case, I too, as somebody, if I donated money, I want to see where it's going. Yeah. I want to know. And I think that's what the documentary was revealing. The the saddest part is like, it's worse than the fucking Coney 2012. I forgot about The Invisible Children. Yeah, that's crazy how fucking, it was the most viral thing ever in the history of the world. And it was the most forgotten thing in like Well, break down to people what Coney is. Because people probably don't remember. Joseph Kony is a warlord in Uganda, I believe. And he takes on tens of thousands of child soldiers and basically child brides and all this shit. And he is committing atrocities all across. And um, pretty much uh, this 
organization called the Invisible Children, which I had heard of years prior because um, they're a Christian organization. They um, were documentary filmmakers and they went out there to film what the hell was happening there, which is just some atrocious shit. And the thing was, all the their previous documentaries, they would do the church tours and churches like Christians would hear and see about it, but then they wouldn't really go anywhere from there. They're trying to bring awareness to what the hell is happening to the, from this evil, you know, crazy man. And so what they decided to do was make the most viral video ever. And they did a good fucking job at it to capture your attention, to give you all the information, and then like have a plan of action, actually, right? It was like donate 15 bucks or whatever, something. We'll give you a care package mm -hmm. of all this, you know, vandalism shit in a box. So you can post Coney 2012 bumper stickers everywhere, you know, and make stencil, you know, kits and shit. Well, it worked like holy, it had like 70 million, millions and millions of views yeah. in the first day. And like it got to everyone saying, Mr. President, have you heard, seen this video? Oprah, have you seen this video? Trying to get the most influential, powerful people to do something about this. And like, dude, that means the video worked. Well, <laughs> a lot of people started getting suspicious about their funding and themselves as an, news, as an organization, you know. And to be honest, like it's really weird the scrutiny they got because they were truly transparent they showed everyone's salary what they did with the money and all this shit and the leader the guy who founded everything he made seventy thousand a year in a salary yeah that's not bad that's not greedy yeah you know that's his life he has a wife and kid you know and a yeah. house and whatever and he does a lot of fucking work well you know our friend jason yeah he uh mutual missionary friend of ours like he's been all over the world like doing shit like that too. He was at a conference in San Diego and that guy was there, was there oh, shit. to give a keynote speech. And he's like, tomorrow we're going to post the video and we just hope that it does its work. Like, cause he just basically explained Joseph Coney films as well and the movement, what they're trying to do. And he was like, yeah, so we're posting it tomorrow, you know, pray for us. Hope it goes viral. <laughs> and it was Coney 2012. Wow. Yeah. Well, the scrutiny got to him, the, the leader, founder of the Invisible Children. And he was found naked on the street, masturbating. He had just snapped. Lost his lost shit. Lost his shit. Like, completely was just not a normal person. Yeah. And so it, like, shut everything down in a matter of two weeks. Oh, fucking crazy. Well, like, that's the saddest part. It's like, everybody knew what who Joseph Coney was now, right? And now more than anything, people didn't give a shit. Because they remember this guy jacking know. off. Yeah. Now they know, but they also don't give a shit because your founder was caught jacking off and your funding is shady or whatever, which is like, I, I don't know. But anywho, so compared to that, it sounds like the BLM movement is even more nefarious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the worst part was while this was happening during Ed and I lived I'm together. Saying, did I say BLM and movement? BLM organization. Organization. Yes. Yeah. The organization. Yeah. The worst part about this story is that when Ed and I were living together, uh, there was a restaurant that opened across us called King of New York Pizza. 
Coney, Coney Pizza. <laughs> it was called Coney Pizza. I was like, that is the worst timing I've timing ever seen in so my bad. life, dude. But they did pretty well. Yeah, it was pretty fucking good. Yeah, they're not at that location, but I think they're still open. Oh, like okay. In somewhere else in Cape Town. That shit made me, th- yeah. dude, there was a couple things that pandemic. So right before pandemic happened, right across from my place that I was living at the time, a Chinese travel agency opened. Nice. The worst. They closed down <laughs> so fast. Come to Wuhan. <laughs> it was, it closed down so fast. Oh, I was like, no. damn, that is some terrible fucking yeah. timing. Dude, there was like so many of these like different scams that are happening, right? And, you know, just to wrap back to like the the Kanye thing, um, there's just a lot of controversy behind, uh, and we're going to get to the crux of it, right? Yeah. Which This is the controversy that happened recently was he said anti-Semitic yeah. uh, comments on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. Prior to this, he said some other crazy shit. Elon Musk got him back on Twitter, um, but now he's banned again. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Jewish people are speaking out against this, which they should, right? Yeah. And this kind of wraps back to, you know, how funny is it that he was actually the one, you know, he got a lot of scrutiny for being around Trump. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. And now he's doing things very Trump-esque. And what I mean by that is that if we go ahead and break down what he said, right? Number one, I didn't know what DEF CON was. First of all, I found out it's not even DEF CON. It's, it's DEF CON. Yeah. <laughs> With an F, right? Yeah, yeah. so it's DEF CON. I didn't know that because he yeah. said DEF CON. Defense. 
something. Con something. I don't know. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> it's like a defense protocol in the yeah. military when shit really gets but bad. He said death. Con. He said death con. Yeah. Which I truly believe he thought it was actually death con. Yeah. I, but it, like, you know, if you were just getting a triggered reaction, that sounds very nefarious. Yeah, yeah. he goes, I'm going death con three on Jewish people in caps. Yeah. Right? Which by absolutely no means and in no way, despite what he wanted to say by it, there is, when you say things like that and you embolden and you empower people to do evil things who have already had evil thoughts, this is where the issue happens, right? Same thing with Donald Trump when he yeah. was saying very anti-Asian things. And you know, people's you know, reasoning was like, well, it did come from China. I was like, we understand. Yeah. But him as somebody who was a leader in front of the world, but, you are you have the power to embolden either really good people or really bad people. Yeah. And the way that he went about it decided to put people who look like us in jeopardy. Yeah. This is the same thing that Kanye is doing. Yeah. Right? So there I was trying to read through different, you know, comments where they were defending Kanye, saying, like, well, DEFCON is actually this, this is not what people are talking about. We're talking about how haphazard he's been with his words and the mm. effect that he has because of how influential he is. And so this is why he's in hot water right now. So because of this, everybody's backing out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Adidas dropping like flies. Adidas dropped him. Yeah. Gap dropped him. Balenciaga cut ties with him. His bank. His bank. Chase. Yeah. JP Morgan Chase cut ties with him. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. You guys could find it. I think there was a Vulture article talking about every person that kind of like decided to just cut ties with him. Yeah. The funniest thing happened though. It actually happened literally a couple hours ago where there was an article about this. And legit, I don't know if it's because I was just, it, it caught me at a good time, but I started crying laughing. <laughs> so this fool walked in to Skechers <laughs> unannounced and asked for a deal. And Kanye West, one of the most influential fashion designers, got denied by Skechers. Got fucking escorted out. It got escorted out. First of all, you get denied by Skechers. Yeah. You're at rock bottom, dude. Oh, my God. This is about to go to Sacconi. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's about to go to K-Swiss. Yeah. And then his last drop is LA gear. He's LA gonna- gear? <laughs> No, Fila. <laughs> He's going to go to Fila. And like your, whatever he could get. He's oh, going to go to Sass. Tom's. <laughs> Tom's. Hey, Tom's. Let me, uh, yeah. He got denied by fucking Skechers. The shoes that nobody wants to wear. And they said, you're out. He, so apparently his, uh, his, his net worth was $1.9 billion. It's now down to $400 million. So he lost $1.5 billion of his net worth because it was tied to Adidas. Eh. Here's one thing that people don't understand, right? They go, we're going to cancel Adidas. We're going to, dest- we're going to cancel Kanye. We're going to destroy him. You can't destroy him. Mm. You literally cannot destroy him. He is the influencer's influencer. Yeah. Despite all this stuff going away, you think he's broke? Now he still has a lot of capital. He has a lot of capital and he still has a lot of influence. As much as people hate him, there's just as many that still support him and fucking love him. Yeah, you know, like, I'm not a big fan of him. Like, I, I'm not a big follower of him. Mm-hmm. But I am so curious to see how he's going to pull himself out of this. I think we all I, I want to see what happens next. You know, you know, this is, I'm telling you, this is the best comic book story ever of this comic book villain. Yeah. Right? So Superman just whooped his ass a little bit, which is everybody going against him. But just like 
every fucking villain in every fucking comic book story, what happens? They come right back. Yeah. And this is really his story right now. So at the at the end of the day, like, you know, Kanye is knocking on everybody's door to get, you know, what whatever his next line of clothing is because he still owns the rights to Yeezy. Whatever design he made with Adidas, they own. Yeah. So they could replicate it, duplicate it however much they want, right? But then but the name Yeezy he owns. They won't be able to call it Yeezys. Right. So Bro, like open up a factory in Vietnam or something. Oh, shit. he will. Yeah. He will. He'll like people are like, well, how is he gonna get things made? You think China gives a fuck yeah. about how he's gonna get shit you made? They care. You think there's Chinese Jews? <laughs> <laughs> you think they're gonna be like no, they listen, have apple juice, they what? have orange juice, what if not Chinese <laughs> Jews? They have so many Jews. <laughs> Cause like you think I like, literally it's gonna be a Chinese person like I don't care what you say, yeah. <laughs> how much money you have, yeah, and that's really what's gonna happen. Oh yeah, he's gonna probably go on his own and be independent because once once again Sway did have the answers, yeah. <laughs> right? And he said he goes, you know what, Sway did have the answers. Yeah. He's gonna go and make his production in his own right, and he's gonna figure it out. And people are still going to buy his stuff. Yeah, you know why? Because hype culture is really big, specifically in hip hop. Yeah, because let me tell you this: even if you don't support Kanye, there's some fuckhead little hype beast that's gonna be like, you know what? Nobody's supporting Kanye's stuff. Then there's only a few pieces. I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna grab it because I know what happens later on is going to grow in value because yeah. it was a limited Kanye piece. Right. Because he has such a huge and powerful moment. Oh in my history. gosh! So. Yeezys now have gone up in value on the oh, street. Then. I guarantee it because now they can't even re- recreate those shoes. Yeah. So the, whatever Yeezys that you had, whether it was the the breads, the taillights, the the turtle doves, whatever the fuck that it is, they're That's never coming now. back again. They're like Kobe's. Kobe's yeah. shoes will never come back again because yeah. whatever you know when he before he passed away. Right. So this is what it is. He understands Kanye. One thing he does understand is the power of capitalism. Everybody is full of shit. Mm. All of you motherfuckers out there, you know it. You know for a fact you're out here tweeting, oh, fuck Kanye. I'm not going to buy any of his stuff. You're going to do it on the DL because you're going to try to resell it and make money off of it because you love capitalism. And I'm not defending Kanye at all, but this is a this is a part of the stuff that he's kind of proving himself right right now in terms of this aspect. I don't agree with all the other shit. Yeah. But – the world that he is trying to create, he's like Thanos right now. <laughs> he's doing it in the most destructive fucking way possible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's collecting all his stones. Basically. Yeah. So now you have this weird space where people are trying to really understand like, do we hate this guy? Or is he? Or does he have a bigger plan? And this is what's confusing a lot of people. Well, I just listened to his interview with Lex Friedman. Oh, how was that? People are telling me I should listen to it. Uh, it was, yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, I mean, he goes off in his tangents and he changes the subject. Sometimes it feels like it's edited in some random comedic way, but it's just the way he talks. Yeah. Um, long fucking five minute pauses. Yeah. But, um, man, Lex, he's, if, if you don't know who Lex Friedman is, he's like a engineer at MIT. He builds robots and shit. He's also a robot himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of like a robot himself, but he's a black belt in, in jujitsu. He's Apparently really good too. Excellent at the guitar too. Um, he's a really cool guy. Always wears a suit. Mm-hmm. Super smart. Um, very calculated. Asks really great questions. Um, very emotionless. <laughs> but, um, he pushed back at Kanye because Lex Friedman being a, a Russian-Ukrainian Jew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, he was trying to bring the light, the problem with what Kanye was saying. And he held, held his ground. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing to see. Right. 
and um, he pushed back on the on the what exact like because it just didn't seem like Kanye understood what anti-Semitism is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because to Kanye West, it's look, yeah, all these people that screwed him over in the record label, you know, industry and in Hollywood in uh, fashion industry and like wherever he's been in in his legal counsel and his accounting or whatever, um, they've been Jewish people, right? But because so many of them screwed him over, he's saying the Jews, he's generalized them and did a collective on them. Mm -hmm. And what Lex Friedman was arguing with him was like these individuals did. It was like, stop saying the Jews did this to you. You know, yeah, Say the names. Yeah, he said, call them out. You're a powerful person. You're an influential person. Say them by their name and call them out. Stop just saying the Jews. Jews. Yeah. And I think that was really important. Because even, you know, me too. Like, I didn't grow up around Jewish people. Did yeah, you? I don't know many Jewish people at all. I didn't meet a Jewish person until I like, came to LA. Same here. I right? only knew one Jewish person. Last name was Rubenstein. Rubenstein. Yeah. But he wasn't even like, actually like ethnically Jew. Right. He was, uh, he's a religiously Jew or something like that. Mm -hmm. But his last name changed, he changed to Rubenstein or something like that. Right. But I don't, I didn't know anybody who was ethnically Jew that had like ties to the Holocaust. Right. And until I came here and I met two Jewish people. Yeah. yeah. So I, me too, like the Jewish people I've met have been at the workplace mm -hmm. and whatever, because in our neighborhoods and in our area, I just don't meet them. Otherwise, to us as, as third-party objective viewers, they just look like white people to yeah. us. You know? White people with some of the fucking craziest hum humor I've ever heard in my yeah. life. Jewish people be fucking funny, dude. Yeah. They can make jokes out of anything. It's it's the people who know pain yeah. are the funniest people, for sure. Black folk and Jewish people, man. Yeah. They be funny as shit, dog. That's why they're so funny. Yeah. I think that's why like, like Koreans can be funny, too, across Asia, because we, our grandparents have seen some yeah, fucking yeah, pain. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that that passes on generationally too. Like, but yeah, like. Um, and by the way, the Holocaust wasn't that long ago. Yeah. People talk about like, it like it was 200 years ago. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. There's like, Holocaust survivors. I have yeah, met a couple. Like 39 to 45. Yeah. we. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. So um, I, I, I was on a set and there was a, a, a lady who, uh, who, who her parents were there too, right? And <laughs> it's it's a funny story because of how it ended, but. Not the story that they were telling, but they, I, you know, I asked a few questions and they're like New York Jewish people, but she, you know, it somehow got into a, a conversation where she was talking about um, her family and she was talking about her, her uncle or something. It was mm -hmm. a relative of her. She remembered how during the time during the Holocaust, they, they would, her uncle was like a kitchen worker yeah. and he would like pass her food by like stealing potatoes while he was in the kitchen because he would he he stitched the pocket inside of his pants that would hold a potato right. so he could give it to like uh his like nieces and nephews right. or whatever what which was her mm -hmm. and stuff like that and this is like some shit she experienced like yeah. this woman sitting in front of me as we're having this conversation and that person screwed over kanye west yeah you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the ridiculousness of like you know generalizing people that way it, it's such a like hearing that story blew my fucking mind. It was so funny because her daughter came in and she goes, "Ma, what the fuck?" <laughs> it was like, it was like we're about to be on set. Thanks for bringing the mood down with your Holocaust stories. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying Thanks. that type of humor, even in yeah. you know a conversation like that, was so fucking funny to me. Yeah, you know. Damn. Nope. So like for 
I think a lot of Asian Americans, not a lot of us grow up around Jewish people, but for those of us who grew up in church, we know a hell of a lot about the, the yeah, Old yeah, Testament. Yeah. Yo, for sure. Yeah, that's the only like idea that we know about like Jewish people. Aside from that, we don't really know modern day Jewish people. So you know, I'm not sure if you, uh, I don't know why I don't know about this, but um, I don't know why this shit's been popping up in my feed, mm. but there is this whole battle in Jerusalem, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like- Oh, in Israel, the conflict? In Israel. Yeah. And all these videos are popping up on my shit. Where it, oh, like street war? Yeah, and like people are screaming at each other saying like, yeah. you know, I think um, they're basically saying like, what is like, it's their land and then mm -hmm. the time has come where they're gonna, where God's gonna kill them all. Yeah, yeah. Like, what yeah. is that shit? Yeah, dude, it's fucked up. And this is, it's a complicated situation for sure. Basically, like, look, over thousands of years, Jerusalem has been sacked over and over and over again since the days of Jesus. Just fighting for holy land. Yeah, it's holy land. And basically, the people who won at the end were the Muslims, you know, through all the crusades and all the wars and all of that, you know, it's the Muslims. And so on top of what used to be, I guess, the Temple of Solomon is a mosque now, you know? Oh. Yeah. So a lot of people are salty about that. But it's like, it's been there for like a thousand years. Yeah, 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 yeah. It happened a long time ago. You lost this war a long time ago. Yeah. And they did lose their land. So the Jewish became, people just became this diaspora. They went all over, you know, like the, the world, especially Europe. Yeah. But over the years, they've just been persecuted everywhere they went, you know? And they just kept moving and moving until I think they went like across from like North Africa all the way back up the Mediterranean. They're just circling the Mediterranean. And a lot of them though ended up like in Poland in like Eastern Europe, mm. you know? And over the hundreds of years, their complexions changed, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? But they still, for those hundreds of years, imagine that, you know, still held on to their Jewish ancestry, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine over hundreds and hundreds of years. And, and that connects obviously into like the ethnic cleansing of Hitler. Yes, yes. So people, so that's the problem with Kanye, what Kanye West is saying. When you say things like the Jews run Hollywood, the Jews run the banks, whatever, like, like a good number of them do, but that's because of the history of their come up in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what do they say today? Dry cleaners are run by who? Koreans. Yeah, Koreans. Yeah, <laughs> your liquor store, your gas stations. Your black beer supply stores. Yeah, like it just so happens that the movies became a huge fucking thing. And you know what? Banks are very lucrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, they've. it's been a family business thing. You know, try getting into a car dealership business. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, <laughs> it's like my daddy's daddy's daddy. You sell cars, you know? Well, that's the thing too. It's like, I, I, I mean, I could sit here and say, I don't understand why Kanye doesn't understand it, but he is clinically bipolar. Mm -hmm. We've seen his manic episodes literally recorded. So I don't expect anything from him, to be honest with you. If I'm going to be straight up, I, I don't expect uh, a moment of, clarity or sanity to exist and when it does exist i'm actually thoroughly surprised like look if if the tweet had said like 
I'm sleepy. I need to go death con three on some Koreans. I'd be like, I honestly just feel like, what did, what do we, we do? do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then also putting into account, like, yeah, this guy's, this guy's got issues. Like, yeah. What's and, the deal, right? And, and the idea for him, he's like trying <laughs> to. Gas is so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Koreans. I know. <laughs> You know, but that's the problem though. That's the problem. So when you start saying stuff like that as an influential person then, right? You know what? A lot people are just going to start following that shit, you know? Like, look, when Trump came into the presidency, I started running my gas station. Yes. Yes, the fucking racist incident went up. A hundred percent. The entire time he was in office. So yeah, I had issues I had to deal with. Dude, I I lived... At the time in Pasadena for how many years, I never had anybody say anything remotely racially charged at me. And during yeah. pandemic, happened multiple times. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck? This yeah. has never happened before. So, you know, for people to say like, and I, by the way too, this is a very like diverse in terms of how many cultures are here in LA. You would think it wouldn't happen here, right? Yeah. But it was happening in Los Angeles, which is yeah. very fucking odd. Like yeah. it's, like been here for what, 10 years? It's never happened. And then suddenly because they felt empowered because the president of the United States was backing them up, yeah. whether he was or wasn't, basically the rhetoric that he had allowed for this to happen and he wasn't taking responsibility for it. And that's essentially what Kanye is doing. He's yeah. not taking responsibility for the stuff that's happening because of the things that he's saying. Like look at those those fucking Tiki Torch Charleston boys. Yeah. Empowered by Trump. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a bunch of hype beast fuck boys Becoming anti-Semites because yeah. of Kanye. Dude, there was in, in on the LA freeway, there was people Ah, dude, that's fucking crazy. They were they were hanging up signs saying Kanye is right. And With the fucking hand in there and all that shit. Which is fucking crazy. Cause in my mind, I'm like, you know, he's black, right? Yeah. It's like, you know what? Yeah, I got a little tear system. Yeah. Uh, the friend the, of my friend. The, no, the, the enemy, enemy of my enemy, enemy is my, my friend. friend. Yeah. <laughs> but let me tell you, once we get rid of those Jews, you're yeah. back to be you're my next. motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. This is this is the thing too. It just feeds stupidity. Exactly. And you know, it's not even just Kanye. There's a lot of dumb kids who want to do exactly what he's doing and they don't want to accept personal responsibility for everything. And because yeah. he is somebody who is an influencer, right? Who is highly influential, they'll use him as an example. They go, well, this guy, he amassed millions and billions of dollars. Who are you to tell me that I can't be like him when he's very successful? Clearly he's doing something right. Yeah. And people use these straw man fucking arguments all the time. Yeah. And- this is how dumb the youth is. Like the youth is becoming this, not all youth, right? Because there are very smart people there. Mm-hmm. But because of social media, because these people are allowed to infiltrate these kids' lives in a very personal way that has never happened in the history of humanity. Yeah. Because before, celebrities were very distant. Mm-hmm. You only heard things about them from what? Interviews, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. E.T. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Entertainment, whatever, whatever tonight, that shit yeah, is. Entertainment yeah. Tonight. What else? Access, Hollywood access. access Hollywood, yeah. MTV, awards, whatever. And the occasional paparazzi who had to go hunt for their lives. Well, guess what? Now, in order for you to be a celebrity that has clout, you have to share everything about your life. Yeah. The access that people have to celebrities means that their impact is that much greater. Yeah. And people just don't understand. Kanye doesn't understand that still. Yeah. He, he's like, I'm just a person. No, you stop being just a person once you when you became you that's that's the weird thing with how, how well he hypes himself up to be a genius and the greatest of all time while taking no responsibility for anything <laughs> he does and says 
I don't know how that uh, works. Yeah. I, I, I just look at him as that kind of egomaniac that just refuses to take an L. Yeah. Like your friend the, or the girl who just refuses to not get dumped. Yeah. Whatever. You know? She's like, ah, yeah. we're not dumped at all. And but does some crazy shit. I wanted to go back to the, the, I guess the issue with having, when you say these, um, this kind of rhetoric of anti-Semitism, you know, um, it's not like saying, oh, all Koreans run liquor stores and gas stations because statistically not all of them, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like it's, I guess he, Lex Friedman called it a dog whistle. Like when you, we hear that, like it, that, like the hairs on, on, on Jewish people's neck stand up because that's the kind of rhetoric that was used by Nazi Germany. To kill them. To, yeah, to kill them, to put all the blame on, on society's problems onto the Jews. You know, which started the society's support, Nazi Germany's people, its civilian support for what they were doing to them. Yeah. You know, and so if the writing's on the wall, like after George Floyd happened and then all of a sudden the Asian starts happening and then you start seeing that the Jewish people are next, like, yeah, you want to nip that shit on the bud. Yeah. Even like we're, we're not Jewish at mm -hmm. all, you know, but. Yeah, I don't wish this on another person's race. I don't wish this to happen to white people either. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the thing too. I don't understand. Like I said, I don't want to put anything past him, but he, anybody who's supporting him should also understand why this is an issue. Yeah. Why it's very hurtful. Once again, the Holocaust was not that fucking long ago. Yeah. And the rhetoric that he's using now, like you said, was used to exterminate and whole ethnicity. Yeah. Like this is some serious shit, right? And there's people now who still feel those sentiments that still feel like Jewish people shouldn't be around. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people are like, well, that's not what he meant. That's great. Intent does matter a lot, right? I, I do believe that. But the outcome also matters a lot as well. Because I don't know, somebody that's Jap Japanese could be like, dude, I'm gonna start bombing on all these Korean people. Yeah. And there might be a few Korean people like, hey, yo, yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, During the World Cup, like, hey, 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 man. Yeah, relax. Yeah, relax. <laughs> yeah, we're going to fucking go in the World Cup and start taking some fucking Koreans captive. It's like, okay, well, well, well relax, buddy. Wait, World Cup or World War Three, bro? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's going to make a certain people feel a certain way because yeah. there's people who live through this type of stuff. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. My lovely genius brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Fume. Ever tried to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing Everest in flip-flops? Yeah, we've been there too. But here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. It's not about giving up. It's about switching up, baby. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. What is Fume, you ask? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just 
fat. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy. I keep one in my car just because I'm a fidgety guy. And guess what? I'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor, my friends. Nothing bad for you in there. And definitely, definitely fun to use. My friends, start the year off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving the listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code genius to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at tryfume.com slash genius to save 10% off the journey pack today. And so... Like I said, like, I, I know people have their reasons for supporting Kanye because they have fandom. They love him to death. Yeah. By the way, he just posted something on uh, Instagram recently uh, explaining his relationship with Adidas and the ownership of Yeezy, right? If people really didn't fuck with him, right? Why did that fucking post have 603,000 likes the last time I checked? Mm. You really think that you're going to stop Kanye? Yeah. You're not going to stop him from shit. Yeah. He's, you're proving his point. Capitalism rules everything. Clout rules everything. Yeah. Because he is the biggest talked about thing right now. Even when it's quote unquote negative, everybody still wants to buy the shit he's selling. And all of you are doing it. He can make like fucking supermarket flip flops. You know? And people will fucking copy. Yeah, people will buy the shit. It'll be out. limited. Yeah. Who knows? Kanye might end up dead next week and then everything that we have of Kanye stuff is going to be worth. I own two pairs of Yeezys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn in my fucking life. <laughs> Am I going to stop wearing them? No, I already bought them. Yeah. <laughs> I already bought them. Um, so like, why don't we go back? Like, because we were also talking about the current state of what shit's at. Like, um, after World War II, there were reparations. And somehow, like, this is so complicated. Like, all the allied countries and whatever agreed to give them a parcel of land. Israel, and they called it Israel. Before that, there was no Israel. It had been sacked mm -hmm. so many times. It was just Palestine now. Yeah. You know? And they gave him a piece of land, you know, in there to call Israel. And it was a settlement for all these uh, Holocaust survivors and Jews from all over around the world to, hey, come home. You know, we have this. Man, uh, shit, like 60 years later, 70 years later, oh man, it's become a shit show. Because so that's that, so that land that they recollected and called Israel is where people are saying, you need to get out of this fucking land. Yeah. So a lot of, uh, like the Muslim nations around that, that's why they hate Israel because they, they were saying you stole that land. But what's happening over the last so many decades has been years of war against Palestinians and the Israelites living there. But gotta say, because they had so many billions of backing from different European nations and especially America, um, they become super modernized, um, especially militarily. Mm. And so uh, they've expanded their borders way beyond the pale like where it's basically apartheid now palestine has become now become this small little island but there were millions of people and now they're like crammed and stuck in these homes and as of today they're like 
the Israeli government is just going to Palestinian homes and evicting them, just kicking them out and throwing some Jewish family in there just to live there. And now it's their home. And this is like, so complicated. It, yeah, it's fucked up, but it's straight up apartheid. What's the, the most fucked up part about it, while what Kanye said was fucked up, like what they're doing out there in Israel, like if we want to take on that same philosophy of not generalizing them, like the Jewish people aren't the problem, right? But the Israeli government is a huge problem. Yeah. This is so complicated. It's like, it almost feels that the Israeli government's like, I'm going to get you back for what you did. Mm. Like, you yeah. kicked this out? You kicked this out. Thousands of, yeah, we're going back. This is so, it's so sad, man. Like, I was when I was watching these videos, and once again, this is somebody from an outsider perspective who's just watching clips. So once again, I don't know anything. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, take everything that we're saying here with a grain of salt. Read everything yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But yeah, we were watching this thing and there was a guy who was like reciting like prophecy with, I, I don't know if it was from the Quran or something. Oh man. And he was like, we're going to kill you. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know? I, didn't, I didn't know what this shit is. You know what I mean? I don't think it was from the Quran. I don't know if he's, this guy's just making his shit up. Once again, one, don't take everything what I'm saying with a grain of salt. I'm only yeah. watching this from a clip. And he's screaming at him saying like, I don't, I think the clip was him saying, he was basically saying hello to him. Mm-hmm. But he was he res- said something back, but it wasn't hello, it was something else because he's not allowed to greet someone who is Jewish. Mm. Like even in I don't know what if that's religious or if that's cultural or whatever, but this is where this, you know, argument started and it sparked. Yeah. Um, this could obviously be a propaganda page too. I don't really know. But it got me into like kind of semi-reading what's going on, which kind of touched on a lot of stuff that you're actually digging into right now. Yeah. Which it's just a lot more complicated than I I I, I I, I knew about. You want, you want to get it even more complicated? Like one of the main reasons why like evangelical Americans care so much about this too. Like they basically want this to happen. They want our government to keep providing support for the state of Israel because it's going to bring the end of the world. What the fuck? The book of revelations, dude, the new Jerusalem, where Jerusalem, where the, the temple of Solomon would be rebuilt. It started when um, the Jewish people like got Israel, got the reparations, all these fucking end time crazy nuts saw that as the beginning of the end, you know? Uh, and so Dude. like this is so they're saying like yeah holy war is coming they're saying all this crazy fucking shit <laughs> here's That's, the thing yeah. growing up in a Christian household hearing that shit creeps me the fuck out yeah because we've heard about this so many so times so many times growing up like the end of times and you know a lot and the reason why this also creeps me out is because um, a lot of hardcore hardcore um, religious like zealot fanatics yeah um of Christianity are also kind of relegating it to, well, look at now, gay marriage is allowed. Mm. Um, there's this conversation about uh, gender reassignment and, you know, not understand, uh, you know, what is a man, what is a woman? Yeah. And they're like, and now we have this holy war going on, like the end of time is coming like in the next like 20 years. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, why is it the end of the world though? Yeah. <laughs> like you really can't handle change that bad. Like, also too, just, like, Gay folk been around for a long ass time. Yeah, they've yeah. been around 
shit since the day, way before Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, man. <laughs> they, they be fucking, dude. Yeah. So, um, might be wrong there, dude. But just growing up Look, with all this type of shit always makes me yeah. makes my hair stand up a little bit. Well, like for, for me and like the the amount that I did learn about Revelation, like when I was learning theology and shit too, like really getting down to the basics of it. Who wrote it was the assuming the same person who wrote the book of John, who also claims to be John, the disciple of Jesus, mm. who was the youngest disciple. Like he might've been 16 years old, right? While, while everyone else was like in their twenties and thirties, which means like when you're a disciple and you're like that young, like they're saying like he was a really smart, bright kid, you know, like very smart guy. And, um, I guess the story goes that the decades after Jesus' death, the persecution of Christians happened and basically they were killing them, right? Uh, Nero was killing them, uh, Caesar at the time, um, for sport in the Colosseum. They feed them to lions and let gladiators kill them and shit um, because he was so against Christianity. So Nero was this crazy fucking emperor who was the kind of guy who split his mom open so he could see where oh, he came Oh, that's from. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, it's widely believed that he's the one that burned down half of Rome. When the, the story goes that he played a flute while it burned down mm. and sang a song. So this guy is a crazy motherfucker. And when Rome burned down, he blamed it on the Christians. You know, this is the first century of Christianity, by the way. Yeah. So this is early, early, early days. So the story goes that they captured John. And they try to boil him in a vat of acid at the Colosseum in front of thousands of people. They had a vat of acid, not acid, oil boiling. And they threw him in there and he would not burn. He just chilled like in an oil bath, you know, and he wouldn't die. And so for that, they put him onto exile, onto this island. And um, from there, he's writing these letters, just like Paul was, that Paul writes all these letters while he's, while he's in jail. It's so too. funny. Somebody just forgot to light the oil. Yeah. <laughs> it was just cold. It's just cold oil. Yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah, it's a little I, thick. I think it's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of cold in here, yeah. man. <sighs> but, he's anointed. Uh, but yeah, uh, so he's writing the, the book of John and then First John, Second John, and I think something else too. And then he writes the book of Revelations. And as he's writing these letters, though, and he's saying these things about the beast of Babylon and about the new Jerusalem and all these things and the horror of Israel, all these things, they're coded messages. And like his number would be 666, right? And you got to see this. And one part of me just believes there were these special mushrooms that grew on that island and he had a wild trip and he just wrote about it and sent it to his friends, you know, or he was in exile. And he was going fucking insane. Yeah. Or um, he's in exile. He's under Roman guard. They're going to read his fucking letters if he's talking shit. Yeah. Right. And there, there are a lot of theologians who explain like, yeah, the, the beast, like, 666 it's apparently it's not 666 uh, a rabbi actually told me that oh really <laughs> yeah he's like it's 666 and another theologian his cell I read, number yeah <laughs> <laughs> well what it is that like the hebrew language 
while it's they have their alphabetical ones, it's mm. also numerical at the same time. Mm. So a number will represent an alphabet, right? So you can have a numeric code and it would be a word. And so apparently 666 also equals like Nero Caesar, right? He's talking about Nero and all the fucked up shit he's doing. Oh. And he's burning what he's burning down and all that. He's saying like, look, this there is an enemy and this is the Antichrist. And he started naming all these qualities of Nero, you know? Oh. But if you start talking shit about Nero while they already try to fucking boil you, fuck you in up. oil, yeah, it's like, no, nah, let me, you know, Little write code. some code into it. Yeah. Uh, basically what he was saying when he's saying the end of the world, like, dude, in the year 70 AD, you think they knew what the fuck was east of India? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, maybe they did. Yeah. A few of them, but not really. You think they knew there was another continent on the other side of the ocean? You know, what was the ends of the earth? <laughs> the Roman Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the end of the world? The Roman Empire. Yeah. He's just saying, yo, this is it. This is how the empire goes down. That's fascinating. You know? That is crazy. Yeah. Dog. So the end of the world happened. Okay. Yeah. It fucking happened. 2,000 years later. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, that theory is so interesting. Yeah. And very sound. Very sound. You yeah. know what's so fascinating too? And throwing like, some mushrooms might make more sense to Yeah, maybe. Speaking of <laughs> mushrooms, I only recently read up about the Super Mario mushroom. Hmm? You know the you know Toadstool, you know Toad, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. He's that is an actual mushroom that's a psychedelic that grows out in like the Netherlands. Okay. Like in the cold area. So guess what else is red and white that we celebrate every Christmas in the cold area? Santa? Santa Claus. Uh, Santa Claus is is theorized to be a hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic thing that happened when people would take this mushroom. Santa Claus is that mushroom. Huh. So what they found out, and this is true, so reindeers out in like in the Netherlands, I could be wrong about that, but you know those cold Norwegian countries, right? Yeah, reindeer actually eat that mushroom, and they eat it because of the psychedelic trip that they have. Okay. So when they eat it, they they go into a psychedelic trip. To the point where there were uh, native people there that would actually collect the pee of reindeer and drink it for the psychedelic effect. <laughs> and then every every time they would pee, like the the, na- the native people would pee, yeah. the, the deer, because they're so addicted to the psychedelics, would try to go ahead and drink the drink pee, pee of the pee that they drank. The circle of <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so it's actually believed that Santa Claus was a mushroom. I thought you were gonna say that like these uh, reindeer like grew like <laughs> twice their size because yeah. it's a Super Mario mushroom. Yeah, so yeah. The, it, it's believed that Santa Claus is actually a, a, a mushroom, uh, which is fucking trippy. Yeah, why do they call him Saint Nick? <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, and I think I think it was just like like religious cultures taking over for that kind of shit too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, like, because apparently actual Saint Nick, the historical figure, mm-hmm. was like a 300, 500 AD apostle or some shit. Oh, okay. He's known for like punching some guy in the face because he said Jesus wasn't God. You know? <laughs> like, oh, wow. So <laughs> that's that's the most I know of Saint Nick, but I didn't know like that was like Santa Claus. Yeah, there's like all these like weird theories too. There's like theories about mushrooms being involved in the in the invention of like Christianity too and like Jesus yeah, Christ. I think with like Moses and the burning bush. Yeah, that sounds like a psychedelic <laughs> trip to me. Yeah, um, like 
all these other prophets who have these crazy ass visions and dreams like Isaiah. All these people. Dude, that yeah. 666 thing that you just told me is fucking fascinating. 666. Yeah. yeah. 666. That yeah. is fascinating as shit. Because, you know, as growing up a Christian, like, have you heard of uh, Left Behind? No. It's, um, it was a book series and then like Kirk Cameron started in these Christian movies where the rapture happens. Mm. And then it's about life after the rapture. Like, that church would have movies nights and watch that shit. But then at the same time, the idea of the rapture would freak me out too. Right. And I lived with a lot of that freak out, you know, well into my mid 20s. <laughs> in no, my faith. I mean, we would live in constant fear. Yeah. Like, because they would always say God is a loving God. Now, why the fuck am I so scared of him all the time? Yeah. Well, no, it's like basically what, what I had to confront with my like whole idea of faith too. Like, yeah, am I supposed to be afraid of God? <laughs> like, scared of him? And then I learned the difference. Like, the fear of God, what does that actually mean? Like deep down in your heart compared to like the fear of devils or some shit is like only skin deep. Yeah. You know, and it helped me learn to shake that kind of shit off. But at the same time, like as I learn more on like theology and also more practical ideas of looking at scripture too, that anxiety went away. Especially if I could say, yeah, their interpretation of the end of the world has happened, you know? Yeah. And I don't have to freak out about that. Then I also learned like a lot of theologians and pastors don't even believe in the rapture and neither do I. I think it's just bullshit. It's mm. just a terrible interpretation of the Bible, basically. It's, it, I learned that it was, it was from a New York Times article of all places that it was founded only 200 years ago, this idea. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what makes me know it's bullshit. Mm. And then they talked about the guy who founded the idea. He was like bedridden for three years. Or some shit or so many months or something, right? What what happens to you when you're bedridden like that? You're depressed and you're cynical. And he started like, he was a theologian, but then he started, he only read the Bible while he was bedridden. And I guess he read it through hundreds of times and just saw this bullshit like, oh, Jesus is going to come back and everyone's going to disappear. Like all the righteous ones. And to be honest, I just think it's bullshit. Like, so if you're a Christian out there, man, just question your pastor about that shit. Yeah. 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 Don't let that shit ruin your life and your whole faith. I mean, even even a lot of the times too, like people who go into Christianity who who do end up being in places of like leadership, they probably don't even go as far as to look into this too. Because theology takes time. Yeah. And, you know, just like anything else, like when you go through any type of education, just because you went to college doesn't mean you were a smart person. Just because you went to seminary school doesn't mean you were paying attention. Yeah. It means that you probably enjoyed the community aspect of being a pastor, being a leader. But did you really, really care to read theology and mm. sit there and, you know, ponder these things, question yeah. your faith? A lot of people don't do that. They don't do that. And we we talked about this too. It's a very sad thing when somebody who is so prophetic and uh, would profess their love for Christ and God and everything else. But somebody who is atheist knows more about the Bible than you do. Mm. And we see that a lot because the reason why is because they're questioning things. And when you question things, you have a thirst for knowledge. Yeah, And you should have that same type of knowledge if you are Christian. I truly do believe that, right? Yeah. But the problem with like the way we're taught about our faith, um, that may not even be biblical. Actually, it could be. But the idea is that like when a challenge comes at your door, when an existential threat, an existential crisis knocks on your door. A lot of Christians will double down on their faith, which essentially means going into your own bias. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. And what you believe and what you know. Now, here's the thing. Whatever decisions you choose to make based on that bias, we don't know. Great things might happen. Bad things might happen, right? But once you come out of that muck, which you eventually will, like many things in life, stronger from it too as well. A lot of Christians give that up to God, right? But then it's like you're, you didn't even take the chance, you know, to question, you know, these things. Like to ask yourself the right questions about your faith instead of just d- diving deep down into, you know, whatever your already biases is. Yeah. And that's exactly what Kanye does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through all of the bullshit he's ever said. What have what has happened to his career? Growth. Yeah. Exponential growth. Ridiculous growth. So no matter what he said or done, we all know he has a massive, massive ego, right? And he keeps feeding into it, into his own bias because he believes in himself that much. Yeah. And guess what? He's been, he proved himself right every time for Multiple decades. Times. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple times, which is why he is now such a huge egomaniac and why he still believes in himself. He looks right? at himself like he's a prophet. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And people are still buying into it. That's why I said multiple times on this podcast already, you guys are always going to buy into a shit. But like you said, with the way you speak about how a lot of pastors don't really prod into their own theology, this anti-Semitism shit is like stuff that he also seemed to have skipped. Yeah. Because that conversation with Lex Friedman, he just really doesn't understand. (laughs) Like what anti-Semitism is. Well, I mean, every time somebody asks him a question, he responds it with some obscure answer that has yeah. nothing to do with and the thing it, that's being asked. And it goes off into a tangent about yeah. abortion, like, about you, how hot Kim Kardashian is. I was like, do you understand what you've done? How can I hate Jews when blacks are Jews? <laughs> yeah. All right. Could okay. you, could you, would you care to expound yeah. upon this? And he just goes on a tangent. I was, I had liposuction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's why having a conversation with this guy is damn near impossible. You might as yeah. well just talk to a fucking wall that just screams at you. Yeah. Like it's just not going to be normal. You're yeah. not going to get that what you think you need to hear. Or yeah, you're trying to, to rationalize with somebody who hasn't who hasn't a rational bone in his body and it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, conclusively just to end this podcast, do I follow Kanye? Do I support him? Absolutely not. Not after this year. And a lot of stuff that he's done that's just been very, very damaging to not only his community, but just to people in general. Yeah. And because he won't take responsibility for it. You know, I, I loved his music. His music did a lot of shit for me, man. Like, I loved his music. Mm-hmm. It's not going to take away from those memories, but it, it's hard to say going forward that I care to hear anything that he's going to say. He's not on the R. Kelly level shit, right? Yeah, like, I just don't <laughs> care for any of his opinions. I don't yeah. care for any of his thoughts. And, you know... I probably won't be listening to any of his new music um, just because I'm trying to be about what I say. So it's like, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like my, my best friend stopped listening to him after the whole Black Lives Matter thing and yeah. he still hasn't listened to his music since. Right. He was saying like uh, black people chose to be slaves. Yeah. There's stuff. just a yeah. lot of things. And you know, people are like, oh, let me, this is what he really meant. Okay, Andrew Tate. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to explain what he really meant versus what he said. And then the effect that came from that. Yeah. And the issue is, it's like, look at what came from this, right? Yeah. And if you 
said it, you should also accept the responsibility for the things that you're going to yeah. say. If Kanye is not taking responsibility, you don't need to be his apologist. Exactly. Yeah. If he's not accepting it, why are you making excuses for him? Yeah. So it is what it is. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes very informational. I learned a lot of new shit. Yeah, the end of world is not happening, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it already happened. <laughs> so uh, you can catch Ed at Ed Park VP on Instagram at Genius Brain every Sundays at 12 p.m. Uh, Secret Society has their fall line out coming soon. Um, so make sure that you guys cop that. Have a happy, happy Halloween, everybody, or a happy hallelujah night. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on that. Yeah. Dude, imagine some fucking kid who is so bored and he's there at the Hallelujah night. He's like, let me listen to some David So. Yeah. We're fucking clowning on Hallelujah I night. Know. Oh, shit. Uh, we'll catch you all next time. Every Sunday's at 12 p.m. Peace. Peace. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.